Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Who is the best team in the NFL? Who's the best team in college football? And predictions for 2018. That and a whole lot more on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. It's a potpourri of topics as we swing around the world of sports, lightning round style. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times, our producer and co-host on this particular episode is Steve Versnick. We had a bunch of topics today, NFL, college football, even a little bit of Rays. We'll get to a whole bunch of Bucks stuff on our next episode, which will be a Football Friday. But now it's, uh, it's like I said, a potpourri of topics, and we'll turn it over to Steve Versnick. What's up, Steve? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going Good. great. Hey, Rick, you sound a lot better tonight. You know what? Uh, my <laughs> microphone is due, and and I'm not on uh, Skyping anymore. So yeah, it's great. Oh, he, you know, it was it was a couple of weeks ago. So we were. I can tell this story now since it's been a couple of weeks ago. We were out. Of, we were. I think we were on the road. I think Rick and I were on the road. We were doing a road game, uh, and it was a Sunday night. And Rick's like, "All right, don't yell at me. I don't have my microphone." And I'm like, "What? Wait, what happened to it?" He said, "My daughters were playing American Idol <laughs> at home, and they took." <laughs> Took the microphone out of my bag, and so it's well, always a microphone. Said, <laughs> I mean, actually, that's true. But I only said that because you did yell at me one time when I, I didn't did. bring it to the office, but I, I knew you I had ye- one. <laughs> and I was I don't like, think "I yell." What? I we can't I... share a microphone? Like this is a big deal here. I know. I know. You're, well, you're that's always so... forgetting <laughs> things. You're always forgetting things. It's funny. You do forget Jeez. things. Well, you didn't forget your microphone the other day. You broke it. So. That's because you, you well, talk yeah, so I, much. You're right. I you broke, broke it. I looked at it, and I said, you know what? I'm going to snap it in half right now. So you said you got a new microphone. You sound good. You're ready to go. So hopefully your opinions will be as I good as your sound, as your sound, sound is. Good. Yeah. Always That's sound true. good, man. That's always true. Sound That's good. true. So what do we got, Steve? All right. Well, since we're at the end of the year, we've got, uh, yeah. what, three days left here in 2017. Mm-hmm. What would be your guys' biggest sports story in Tampa Bay for 2017? I tell you, biggest sports story for me, Rick, is uh, is the collapse of college football in the state of Florida, particularly Florida and Florida State. If you'd have told me one year ago today that Jim McElwain would no longer, you know, a year ago, yeah, a year ago, you told me that Jim McElwain would not be the head coach of Florida and instead Dan Mullen would. And if you'd have told me that Jimbo Fisher in particular would no longer be at Florida State because they had such an awful season, and now Willie Taggart would be there, I would have said, "There's, you know, you're on drugs. There's something crazy has happened. The total collapse of Florida State and Florida to the point where they got new coaches, to me, that's the biggest sort of, lo- I guess that's kind of local story for, for 2017 for me. You know, I'll, I'll take your collapse, and I think it's a really good, and I'll raise you one collapse, and that's the collapse of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, um, yeah. For all the anticipation that was there, and I didn't think, you know, some of it was contrived with hard knocks, and yet I think that nationally, you know, it was such a great marketing thing, and there was there was a lot of hype. I mean, it's 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 sort of generated by that, but I I, I really did I really did drink the Kool Aid a little bit. I thought that this was going to be a special offense. Um, I I did point out the fact that you know they were banking an awful lot on 
Noah Spence and that they were thin at certain positions on defense, but I just didn't see four wins. <laughs> I mean, four wins? Really? No. no. Four? <laughs> and and so I think, you know, for all that the number one pick and Dirk Cutter and the nine and seven and just this was going to be the year that they broke into the postseason. Hell, they didn't break back into the win column. So I think that that to me, and I know I'm close to it, but I think that's that was the biggest story. No, I thought about that as well because I, I look, I'm right there along with you. I th- I had nine wins again this season, but I had had it good enough to be in the playoffs, and that's going to be pretty close to getting in the playoffs. And you would be, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I there's no way I saw yeah a total collapse like this unless you'd have told me that Jameis was hurt for the whole season, right? Or that something something crazy happened, but. Uh, you know that, that that's certainly a legitimate story as well. I think it's one of the bigger topics around the NFL too. Is when you look back at this season and they say most disappointing teams. Oh, of they're the poster. They're child. they're right there along with the New York Giants. Probably is the most disappointing. But yeah, so I can certainly see that. What's up next, Steve? All right. Well, who was your sports person of the year in Tampa Bay in 2017? Go ahead, Rick. I'll let you kick that one off. If, oh God, uh, if you have somebody. I have somebody. It's pretty good. I think. Roll it's going to be. Okay, well, I'm, it's a little bit off the charts. I'm going to go with Quentin Flowers, the quarterback from USF. I think he's had uh, a spectacular college season. And when we look back at Quentin Flowers, I think we're talking about the best player in the history of USF football. Rick, he seemed like he was out there alone, and I know he was. And look, he had some decent receivers, and and I know it's not a great conference. It's yeah, it's American Athletic Conference. It's not like you're playing in the ACC or the SEC. But when I think about USF football this past year, and this guy, you know, he went eleven and two last year, and he's in uh, eleven. He's went eleven and two again this year. I mean, this is a quarterback who, Rick. I mean, he's their entire offense, and he's won twenty two games. I think now it is over the last uh, last two seasons. That's pretty good. There aren't many quarterbacks in the country. I don't care what your competition is. So, Quentin Flowers is my uh, is my sports person of the year. I like it, and it's going to be better than mine. Mine really didn't define himself this year, but I just think every year, and um, that's going to be Jeffrey Vinnick. Um, I think he runs the best organization in Tampa Bay. I know they had a down year, but, you know, the stability of that franchise and their ability to reinvent themselves. I mean, they had a bad year. Stamkos got hurt. They didn't make the playoffs. So it sounds odd, right? But I like everything about that organization. I mean, I've covered one that has struggled – We've seen what the Rays are. But the one thing you can rely on is that the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, you know, are going to be are going to are going to be competitive because they have great people running the organization. And look what they are. Look where they are now. And that that has nothing to do maybe with, you know, 2000, although they're off to a great start. And that's still part of 2017. As we sit here today, um, you know, they're the best team in the NHL. So I'm going to go with Venick because, you know, for all he's done downtown and just, um you know that franchise. I, I think that's that's the sh- the shining you know light on the hill. I mean, no, it's that's pretty what good we pick. have. Pretty good pick, and I, I you know Martin Finley had a great column in the Tampa Bay Times talking about Steve Eiserman and yeah. what he's done to turn around the organization. That was Jeffrey Vinnick hire, and I there are a lot of guys that were going to go after Steve Steve Eiserman, and Jeff Vinnick was a was able to get him, and I think it's because Versnick. Or Steve first. Yeah, so you in there, Steve. Congratulations, Steve. <laughs> Congratulations, Steve. You're doing a great job. Because Steve Eisenman had he so much my... faith in Jeffrey Vinnick. Well, Steve Verstick works for Jeffrey Vinnick every now and then, too. Well, there you on, go. On yeah. the Lightning broadcast. My yeah, sports person again. there would be Andre Vasilevsky. Since oh, the, since the trade of Ben Bishop at the end of February yeah. last year, he's been the yeah. best goalie in the world, period. Yes, yeah. he has. Since yeah. they traded huh. Bishop and he, he took over the number one spot, right. he has been the Boy, best goalie right. in the world. 
I wouldn't argue with that. And he's the main reason that they are, they are where they are right now with, uh, with a chance to go up, uh, what is it, close to uh, 20 points <laughs> over to Montreal Canadiens if they can win their game on Thursday night. Unbelievable. Incredible. Yeah. All right, well, so let's look ahead now to 2018 since we've looked mm-hmm. back at 2017. We'll start with the Lightning since that's where we're at. Will they win the Stanley Cup? Rick? I'm going to say that they will not. Um, and there's no – listen, there there is no logic to this except except what I've witnessed uh, in, in the short years that I've watched hockey, and Tom has taught me most of it. <laughs> and that is when you win the President's Cup like they're going to do this year, for whatever reason, you don't get – and win the Stanley Cup. That's I don't. True. There, it's like a bizarre thing. It's like a hockey thing. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. They're by far the best team. I will say that that the one, you know, the one thing I think they're driven by, and they're deep, and they're they can score and all these things. Is it, this 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 goaltender that you just mentioned, Steve, is the reason um, that they are special. And um, and and that's not to slight the the four lines that are humming, but. If something happens to him, there is no bambition. There is no depth here. Uh, he is the whole. That's what props them up for a Stanley Cup run. And and I just I would be fearful that you know if if you lost him or something. But 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 in general, just my experience, Tom, to speak to this. If you're the best team in hockey, you don't always win it. Well, and here's the other thing along with that. And you're right about that. The other thing is if you if Steve you would have said any team in the league like Nashville or Vegas or. Uh, Toronto, you name say, will they win the Stanley Cup? The easy answer is no. You take the field. Any That's team right. versus the field, you're going to take the field. That's right. Uh, and I'll say this as well. If you look back at the Lightning, they've had such bad luck with injuries. Really, they may have won the Stanley Cup had Ben Bishop not gotten hurt back in 2015, what was, or 14, whatever year they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. 14, I guess. Um, and then they probably would have won the Stanley Cup or at least gotten the Stanley Cup Finals the year that, that Stamkos missed all but Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final against Pittsburgh. Um, so they, they've run it. And, and there was the other year where Bishop got hurt before the playoffs even started. I'm going to say, though, if they stay healthy, and that's an impossible thing to predict, if they stay healthy, yes, they will win the Stanley Cup only because – they're so loaded at every position. They actually could withstand an injury or two. Now, you don't want to lose Vasilevsky, certainly. And I think if Victor Hedman or Anton Stroman were going on, that would actually hurt more than, say, Stamkos or Kucherov going down. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say right now that, yes, they're so impressive. And I don't think there's a team out there that particularly matches up well against them. Now, we have to see about that. I don't think they played Toronto yet. Have they, or maybe they've played them once? They have not played uh, them yet. Yeah, they, they haven't hardly played anybody in their division. So Isn't far. there some heavy teams out west, though? I mean, St. Louis. I know they beat them, but it was a two to nothing game or something. They're like thirteen. That. They're thirteen and two against the West so far. They've played half their games. Okay, never mind. Thirteen and two. <laughs> no, 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 no. Rick, you make it. You make a decent point. You make a decent point. I there. mean, matchups being what they yeah. are. I mean, yeah, somebody's going to lean on them and make it a sloppy game. And right, but I'm going to take know. because of their goaltending. Yeah, and, and Steve said a few minutes ago he's the best goaltender in the world. So yeah, I'm going to say. Yes, they're, they're going to win the Stanley Cup. All right, we'll switch to uh, college football, which national championship is coming up uh, just here in a week and a half or so, almost two weeks away. So you've got uh, Alabama versus Clemson, Georgia yeah. versus Oklahoma. Uh, who wins the semifinals, and then who wins the, the title? Rick, I'm going to go with whoever wins the Clemson-Alabama game is going, to win the, is going to win the national title, in my opinion. I think Georgia beats Oklahoma. I like their defense a lot, so I think it's going to be Georgia – and boy, this is a coin flip between me, Clemson, and Alabama. I'm going to go with 
Oh boy, oh boy. My gut tells me it's going to be Clemson. I think Clemson's going to beat Georgia for the national championship. Wow. Okay, I'll go with Clemson. And that was different because I was going to Alabama all season. Were you? Yeah. I'll go with Clemson over Alabama again um, two years in a row because I think their quarterback's playing really – I don't think this is a great Alabama team. They're not, not as good as last year, um, sp- you know, defensively in particular. And then um, I'm going to go with Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's going to win it all. Wow. To me, to me, Oklahoma um, plays good enough defense. They're battle-tested. They've beaten some really good teams this year. But their quarterback is is playing special. Now, he might not be, you know, the greatest NFL quarterback in the world. Um, but that guy is is just a baller. And I'm, I'm really excited to see him in this, in this form. So I like Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is going to be OU's year. I really do. Yeah. Steve, who do you think? Who do you, who are you picking to win this all? Uh, I have Clemson over Oklahoma. I, yeah. I just don't think okay. Oklahoma's defense is good enough to stop Clemson enough in that game. I, I think Oklahoma's offense is the best in college football, but it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. All right, up next. All right, let's go to let's go to the NFL. Uh, who will win the AFC? Who wins the NFC? And then obviously, who's going to win the Super Bowl in Minneapolis in the frozen? Well, not tundra because the field's covered, but <laughs> <laughs> frozen ass Minnesota. I can tell you that. Yeah, exactly. Let's start off with AFC, Rick. Who do you got in the AFC? In the AFC, Tommy, it's your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, don't say it. I look. They should have won that game. I, I know. You know, some weird things happened at the end there, and the whole, you know, what's a catch, what's not a catch. Right. But they they had New England. They're a better football team than New England Patriots. This is not. This Patriots team, there's something about them that I don't trust. And look, it's hard to go every year, right? Sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is Pittsburgh's year. I think there's a chance that that Jackson, somebody beats New England before they get to the championship. I think it could that could happen. So I like the Steelers. And then in the NFC, this might surprise you. I'm gonna go with the New Orleans Saints. Wow. I think the Saints are the hottest team. I think that they can they they have the most balance. They have a Super Bowl quarterback. Their defense, their their combination of the coverage with Marshawn Lattimore and and Cam Jordan, we're going to see him this Sunday. Um, to me, somebody from the NFC South is going to go to the championship game because they always do, and it's the best conference uh, in the NFC. And I think it's going to be the Saints. In the AFC, Rick, the only way the Steelers get there is if what happens is what you predicted happens, which is somebody beats New England before they get to the Steelers. Because if they get to the Steelers, if it's New England and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh cannot beat New England. I don't care where really? you play them. They can't do it, man. They just uh, there's, on, some, man. there's something about it. Something goofy happens. They're in their heads. And now they got James Harrison, <laughs> who's going to give yeah, Bill Belichick all the plays. No, they're going to – I think New England still is the team to beat in the AFC. Now, I agree with you. If – Somebody can beat New England before they before Pittsburgh gets to them. Then Pittsburgh's the best team outside of New England. But they there's just something about that matchup. They don't. You know I don't what, think though? they believe they can beat New England. When let it me let me just let me just throw this at you real quick, and I'll let you move on. Sure, but that's right. That was the case with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. There was no way they were going to go into Philly. It didn't matter who the coach was. That was their nemesis. That was their mental block. I bet you Pittsburgh found out some things about New England when they should have beaten them the first time. Well, they better figure out a way to to cover Rob Gronkowski because he just ate them alive in the second half. In the NFC, I'm going to give you a stunner, Rick, an absolute stunner, because what I was going to pick all along was Minnesota. That was even up to about 
two minutes ago, my thought was, you know, Minnesota. And then I start thinking about Pittsburgh. They can't beat New England because something always happens when they play New England. Well, you know what happens? Every time Minnesota gets in the playoffs, something happens to them. They usually miss yeah. a field goal. Something goofy, something screwy happens. I'm going to pick a team that you wouldn't – that normally – I wouldn't pick because they lost their quarterback. I, I think Philadelphia is going to figure out a way with Nick Foles uh, as their quarterback. They're going to play these games at home. They're probably going to get home field. If they do, I think nobody goes into Philadelphia and beats them. I think Nick Foles is good enough to to get them to a Super Bowl only because I think Minnesota will figure out a way to screw it up. So then you're talking Super Bowl New England-Philadelphia, which would be a rematch from the Super Bowl from, what, 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Uh, I think New England wins again. I think it's boring to pick them, but I think New England wins the whole thing. Wow. I got Pittsburgh over New Orleans. I, You know, the thing about it, um, man, I don't know. Philadelphia. I, I just don't think that Philadelphia – ask Andy Reid if you can win at home when you're in Philadelphia. I mean, <laughs> he, you know, he never got it done. So, I don't like – I mean, losing that quarterback was everything. If Carson Wentz – if Carson Wentz was still healthy and there – I say you're right, but I, I don't see it. I don't see it with Nick Foles. No, and they haven't been like totally impressive since then either. I mean, they've had no some, their offense, struggled. especially. They, no, and they struggled the other night against the Raiders team, and it was about three degrees or whatever. But they, you know, you should still be able to put up points against the Oakland right, defense, right? Uh, and they didn't. But I think they'll figure it out to the point where, and I like that defense in Philly. You know, if they have defense is to great, to Philly, no yeah. doubt, it's a good defense. Yeah. All right. So what else we got? Steve? All right. Let's stay with uh, the NFL and a couple of predictions for 2018. Who's the Bucks' coach and general manager to start the season? <laughs> oh man, that's a yeah. good one. You know what? I'm gonna. Here we go. I'm gonna say it right now, Rick. Their general manager in 2018 is Jason Light, and their head coach is Dirk Cutter. I think mm. something's gonna happen. I think something. You know, all this talk about John Gruden, John Gruden this, John Gruden that. I don't. I got a bad vibe about it, Rick, and I, it's based on nothing that, other than gut feeling. And I think they're going to look around and say, you know what? He's 4-12, and because I'm assuming they're going to lose on Sunday. They're 4-12. and Nothing's really, you know, we can't really change the players out. It would make all sense in the world to fire the guy, fire both of them even. I don't think the Glazers do it. I think they look around and say, you know what? We can't find anybody better than these two guys already. It's not exactly a ringing endorsement of these guys, but – I think the only way they make these fight, the only way they fire these guys is if, if they have a splash hire out there, and I don't think the splash hire exists because I don't think Gruden's coming. Again, that's gut feeling. I tell you what, man. <laughs> uh, I I I agree with you in this sense that, that it just seems too simple to me. It seems too orchestrated that you know you would fire Dirk Cutter and here comes John Gruden and it's a bizarre thing. It's rare for a coach to come back let alone one that's already in the ring of honor and has, has a trophy. Um, I'm going to say it's not John Gruden and it's not Dirk Cutter. Jason Light is the GM, and I'm going to throw one at you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. She here. The head coach of the Buccaneers will be Bill O'Brien. 
Wow. So Houston they, Texans a, coach, she's probably going like, Yeah, there's some yeah. divorce coming in Houston, although John McClain, who's covered him for 100 years, says I'm nuts. Um, but there's some disconnect there. I don't know what it is. I think there's going to be about nine or ten openings, by the way, maybe as many as 11 in the NFL. So there's going to be a lot of like places you don't expect coaches are going to fall out of the weeds. And I think Houston might be one of those places in the relationship. Look, Jason Light got Bill O'Brien into the NFL. So it's just a dark horse name. I have nothing to base this on. Nobody's telling me this. Right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it won't be Dirk Cutter and it won't be John Gruden. It'll be Bill O'Brien. That's a pretty you know that's an interesting name. And and I'll give you something that a couple of years ago, Rick. I guess when they hired, I guess when the Bucks hired Lovey Smith, maybe I want to say was that the same year that that Bill O'Brien got hired? Is that right? Uh, Bill's been there for what four years now? Five? Yeah. So that would be. I think if yeah. it's four years, then that would it's be four. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it was the two, same year. Yeah. Two with Lovey and two with with Dirk. So that's right. Um, you you mentioned back at the time that you thought mm-hmm. the Bucks should, and I think the Bucks were interested. Houston jumped on it before everybody. Fast, Bill O'Brien yeah. was at at Penn State at the time and did a nice job, sort of navigating that program out of some, you know, out of a, a difficult situation where a lot of guys were leaving after the whole Jerry Sandusky um, uh, controversy, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and he he went there for two years, and then a bunch of NFL teams were interested. And like you like you said, I think the Bucks probably would have had interest back then, but Houston jumped on it before everybody else did. Hmm, interesting. That I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with Bill. Well, not only that, but like if you remember, I mean, that's when they hired Lovey, and Lovey Lovey was like Captain Obvious, right? I mean, he had been out of football for a year. They needed stability. Um, here was Lovey Smith. We know Lovey Smith. We need a, an experienced NFL head coach because we had Greg Schiano, who had never coached in the NFL. We needed the Gerald Ford, if you will, <laughs> to calm <laughs> calm things down after the chaos of of everything else. And so, you know, I, I really believe that 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 was too easy, and it happened. So this is too easy, but I don't think it does happen. I, I think. I've been left at the altar again. <laughs> is what I think is going to happen. You imagine, boy, that would be what three. The times yeah, that, the, that yeah, that yeah. I mean, yeah. that's assuming that they're really making a pitch at John Gruden. We don't know that. Oh, no, no. They, there's been no discussions, uh, <laughs> even through back channels. I can yeah. confirm that um, they don't even – you know what? At the Ring of Honor, they didn't talk at all, and no one's even suggested to John that maybe he would want to coach the Bucks again. You being serious right now? Serious? No, I'm being totally <laughs> facetious. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, man! I'm just trying to keep the job I have. You know what I mean? How about me, you, and Tom do a radio show? How about that? Huh? <laughs> What's up next, Steve? All right. Well, we'll stay with the Bucks for one more question. Jameis okay. Winston will he be suspended for how long in 2018? I'll, I'll let I'll you go first one. on this one, Rick. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna say yes, and I'm gonna say three games, and everybody's gonna hate me for it. But um, this is not. Rick Stroud's presumption of guilt or innocence, I don't think it matters. And what I mean by that is this. Um, it's hard, unless there's forensic evidence that you know he either did or didn't get out of a car in the back seat with other people, and there may be, I don't know. It's going to be something that's, it's sort of, it's, I mean, I think it's going to come down to who do you believe. And, and the thing is, you know, this is not Jameis's first allegation. Now, People will say, well, that's unfair because, you know, there were two investigations and he was not charged in either. And and therefore, you know, um, you know, clearly nothing happened or at least it happened the way he said it did. That doesn't begin to cover the, you know, probably seven figure settlement that he gave 
Erica Kinsman. But that aside, I just don't know many people that are accused or alleged to have done something of that nature inappropriately. And the NFL sort of looked the other way. And what I mean by that is this has become a suspended, you know, the league that likes to suspend players. And it's all about liability and it's all about perception. And, and what I say to myself is like, they're going to dig deep in this. And Lisa Friel was a prosecutor in New York that did sex crimes and they're going to get her text messages and when she sent them and the fact that she filed a complaint and it's going to come down to, you know what, if we do nothing, you know, and he may cooperate and and if he has witnesses and they're credible, they'll find out. But right now we know about one, Ronald Darby, and nobody has said who was in the front seat. And that's suspicious to me. And at some point they're going to have to tell somebody who they said was in the front seat. And it's going to be easy to identify whether that actually took place or not. And I just think that at some level the NFL will say, if we do nothing and something does happen down the road, we're liable for looking the other way. You know, something happened. And, and if you read the personal conduct policy, Tom, it's so broad that it can put, you know, it's bring any kind of, you know, shame to the league, uh, endanger somebody, uh, you know, somebody feels threatened. I mean, literally, they, they can suspend you for anything. I think he gets a couple games, and I'm going to say three. Uh, I tend to agree with everything you just said. And we look back at, remember, years ago, Ben Roethlisberger got suspended. There was no criminal mm-hmm. charges brought in that, that particular, those particular incidents, although it was more right. than one. Uh, it was just scuzzy behavior, which is, you know, at the yeah, very shame least. shame to the league. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. So here's what I'm going to say, Rick. I think what's going to happen is they're going to look at it. They're not going to come up with definitive proof. I think it's going to be a whole lot of he said, she said. I think mm-hmm. they're gonna. I tend to agree with you that they would rather do something than do nothing. I think they'll suspend him for two games. He'll okay. appeal it and get it knocked down to one game. So I, my guess wow. is he'll get a one okay. game suspension. But okay. I tend to agree with you overall that he's. It's not going to just go away. It's not going right. to. I don't think he's going to get away scot free on this. So, Steve, anything? What else we got? All right, let's switch to the Rays now. Evan Longoria is now a member of the San Francisco Giants. Who else of the major players on the Tampa Bay Rays will be dealt before the start of the season? You know, Rick, I thought about this long and hard, and obviously they're talking about Alex Colomay and the other guys' names that are coming up are, are Jake Odorizzi and Chris Archer. And I thought, you know, maybe there's a second there where you think about, well, maybe they should keep Archer. Maybe they're thinking this. Maybe keep Archer, keep Odorizzi. Colomay doesn't matter. I mean, I think their philosophy with the Rays has always been we'll find a closer somewhere. Um and let's just see how we do. Let's see how we do for a while. And if we're not, if we sort of fall out of things early and we're out of it and we're not making much noise, we could we could trade Archer or whatever come May or June. And then I, I the more I thought about it, Rick, the fact that, that the Yankees went out and got Giancarlo Stanton and they got Judge and they're just loaded. And I think they're going to win, you know, ridiculous number of games. They're going to win like 100 games. I think the Rays are going to look up and say, you know what, we have no chance right now. We might as well trade these guys while we can. So I think Colomate's going to be gone. I think Archer's going to be gone, and um, I don't think they're going to trade Kiermaier, but probably maybe Corey Dickerson. So those are the three guys. I think Dickerson, Archer, and Colomay would be the guys up next. I think all of those guys are going to go, plus Odorisi. I think this is a fire sale. I don't think there's anybody that's going to remain. Um, there's no reason to do that, uh, especially Archer. I, I, I mean, he's going to be, you know, he's 29 years old. He's going to be 30. Um, you know, they know that he's not going to win enough to, to help them really, you know, get past the 100 losses that they're going to absorb. So, 
Um, to me, uh, it's everybody. It, it, they're going to get them all before it's over. And the, the reason you do it now is that you can deal with all the teams, you know. Right. Um, when you get later in the season, there's only going to be so many that, that are contenders or, you know, in a, in a buyer's market or a seller's market or whatever. Um, so I, I think now's the time to do it. And it might take time. It might take right up to spring training. I think they're all gone. Although, you know what? If you Except for Kiermaier. I wouldn't say Kiermaier. Yeah, yeah. but... Well, if you wanted to wait a while on Archer, though, maybe, maybe you could look at it this way, too. And I realize you're taking a gamble, but maybe you, you sit there and you hope that – not hope. I mean, not, not teams don't hope for this. But if another team starter goes down, like if you're, if you're the um, whoever, you know, the, the Chicago uh, Cubs, you know, and they lose mm-hmm. one of their – when they lose Lester early in the season. They say, mm-hmm. well, okay, then maybe, you know, maybe you could hold them up for a Chris Archer because they feel like, hey, this is our – or, you know, Strasburg goes down again with Washington. All of a sudden, Washington might say, hey, we need we need a top-of-the-rotation guy, Archer. So you might be able to hold somebody up. But, uh, but either way, I, none of us see them by the end of the year, those guys being there. Steve, you're on this team a lot. You, you, you watch pretty much every game. Um, did it, is this a fire sale? I think it should be. But I, I've said for a couple of years they should have done this. Um, when when that run at the, you know when uh, fourteen ended and fifteen tailed off, uh, you know I think they, I think they've kind of played the line of we're trying to to rebuild Thread through the, the farm system and trade some top mm-hmm. players, but we're not willing to go full fire sale. And they tried to piece it mm-hmm. together for a few years, and it, it helped that that uh, Boston and New York were struggling a little bit during that time. Sure, uh, so mm-hmm. that helped them. But um, I think. Uh, you know, I think they probably needed to do this when, 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 with baseball's financial inequities, small market teams that can't afford to spend like the big boys every so often have to. It's going to be the economic reality of having to do this. Um, you know, you fire sale, you build up your organization. Those players then start reaching times when they're going to start getting big arbitration contracts or become free agents, and you're going to have to to make moves and, and do this again. That's kind of the without a salary cap with, I mean, it, it kind of happens in the other leagues, but it happens more quickly and frequently because of salary caps. But in baseball, it doesn't. Right. Um, right. You know, I think they should go full fire set, whether they do or not. It's hard to tell. And some of it may depend on what people are willing to give back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how much is Chris Archer worth? Do the Rays have a different See, value on thing. that than other teams? I don't know. I, that's the, th- I think you're right about that, Steve, because I'm looking around. If, uh, look, we see Chris Archer every day, and I, I, he's not a top of the rotation pitcher, in my opinion. I mean, he's, you know, if I'm if I'm the New York if I'm the uh, New York Met or uh, Mets are bad, but if you're the Washington Washington uh, Nationals and you're and you're looking for a, a a guy to fill out your rotation, I'm not giving you a ton because I don't know he's going to go out and win me 14 or 15 games. He might win me 10, 11. I don't know, maybe on a different offense he he make he's. But I, I agree with you. I agree. I, I'm. You know, my point, Steve, is I, I don't know that he's worth as much as he is to the race. You know, he's he's an ace on the race. He's not an ace anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, you know, once Alex Cobb went down to the the arm surgery, Tommy John surgery, a couple of years ago, Archer became the ace on the, on this right. team, and and you know, he's got electric stuff, but he's only got two pitches. Um, mm-hmm. and and a t- for an ace like that. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I think he's got. I think his, his his two pitches are phenomenal, but I think you need more than that to be a true ace on the team. I actually like Odorizzi better than than I do Archer. If if I'm if I'm another team out there looking to add a pitcher, I might like Odorizzi a little bit better than I do Archer. And of all the, you know, the guy's a free agent, but I, I I would bet you that Alex Cobb will probably have more offers than any of those pitchers we just named, and he's won the total of uh, the maximum of eleven games in his career. I'm surprised any, nobody any signed season. him yet. Why hasn't anybody signed him yet? 
I'm not sure. I mean, man, maybe I'm I mean, wrong, but I, I just look. I I don't know that Archer. I don't think they're gonna get a lot back for him. I just don't. Right. I think, you know, um, two pitch pitcher. I mean, you're right. On a good team, he's number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at best. Yeah. What else, Steve? All right, we'll wrap, we'll wrap this up. College football. You started at the top, yeah. Tom, saying that was your biggest sports story of the year, the collapse of college football in the state. So yeah. let's look ahead to 2018. USF, Florida, Florida State. How many games did they win each? Man, I'm going to say, boy, this is a, this, this, that's, this is a tough one. I actually think Florida State's going to take a major step back, Rick. I think Florida State's in trouble. I think they're going to. I think they're going to stumble around here for a few years. I know they won their bowl game on th- on uh, Wednesday, and they looked. You know, there's a lot of talk convincingly about over Southern Miss. Southern Miss, yeah, <laughs> Southern Miss. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to go. Th- this is going to be funny. Not funny, but I'm going to say seven, eight, nine are going to be the wins. Flor- Florida State's going to win seven. Florida's going to win eight, and USF's going to win nine. And I think ultimately, I think Florida's going to be in the best shape in about five years from now. I think Dan Mullen's really going to turn that program around. I'm a lot more bullish on what's pardon, pardon on the, the Bulls. Uh, on no, actually, on, well, on the Bulls next year. But in the long run, I'm more bullish on the Gators than anybody else because I like Dan Mullen better than I do Willie Taggart. Mm. The biggest step back will be USF. Um, we don't know who the quarterback is, and we're going to find out how good a coach Charlie Strong is. Uh, and I think they probably win seven games. Mm. And I'm going to say that next will be Florida because, again, we don't know who the quarterback is. It'll be a young guy. Um, I think in a couple years Mullen will have something, but I'm going to say they win eight. And I think Florida State is still the king of the mountain. I mean, you know, DeAndre Francois is coming back. I think Willie has enough there still. I know they got a slow start in recruiting because Jimbo didn't recruit at all. But now that Willie's there and, he, and it's stable, um, you have a choice. You can go to Florida, you can go to Florida State, you can go to Miami. I still think Florida State's going to get their share, and there's enough talent still there um, that in that conference, I mean, again, you're talking about Clemson, you're talking about Miami. Okay, I'm done. Louisville. Um, yeah, Louisville's Louis- okay. Uh, Louis- yeah. eh, whatever. So <laughs> I think that I think they might win. They might win nine games because I don't know how many FBS teams they have on the schedule. <laughs> That's but true. enough to get in a bowl game. Let's put it that way. All righty. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoy. We like doing these uh, roundtable the discussions. Cool. We'll try to do them. Yeah, once a week or so, uh, especially when the buck season ends. Real uh, quick, you can guys. Check real us. quick. Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Duran back in town tonight? Oh. You know what? It's funny. Uh, Joe Smith talked to Jonathan Drouin a little bit, and he pa- and he passed those quotes on to me. I had a column in Thursday's Tampa Bay Times, and uh, you know he, he's on a really bad team, and, and he went scoreless again on Wednesday night. I think he's now five goals and thirty-two five games. goals. Yeah, yeah, thirteen ass- points, thirteen assists. Yeah, so five goals, eighteen. Mm. Yeah, th- thirteen assists for eighteen points. I think he's about a mi- he was a minus again on Wednesday night. I think he's around minus. 13, something like that, minus 14, somewhere in there. He's never been a good defensive player anyway. Uh, he sounds happy, uh, according to Joe Smith. Sounds like he's. Uh, it still is a dream come true to play in Montreal. The good thing that he has going for him is that the team is so bad around him that no one's pointing a finger at him, blaming him. But he's like fifth or sixth on the team in scoring. They brought him in there to be a, a, a top-notch scorer. I think he's going to be fine eventually. Ultimately, he's going to pass. Sergey uh, Mikhail Sergachev. He's not going to be. Uh, he's not going to trail him in scoring all year long. For goodness' sake, um, 
But Rick, I think, you know, it's funny that I anticipated that this would be just a, a really exciting game, that this would be the most anticipated regular season game of the year with Jonathan Drouin coming back and it would be, you know, what it would it be like and Drouin coming back to haunt his old team. I think it's a non-story anymore. It's almost like, who cares? Like, the, the, the lighting are so good that you you don't even care who's gone. Ben Bishop, so what? Brian Boyle's gone. Yeah, who cares? Jonathan drew in. Yeah, man. You know, it's they're so good and they don't need they don't miss anybody that I, I don't I think it's going to sort of come and go without much fanfare. Yeah, and you said it because Montreal isn't very good. So right. if they beat him, it'd be a huge upset. And and Duran's not. I mean, you know, if he was playing for the Lightning, he might score thirty. You know, I I I mean, I don't know. Sure. But, but you know that's why he's struggling, and it's it's easier to to uh, try to take care of him than some of the other bad players they have on Montreal. And I, I you're right. I think because it's such a bad team, I think they'll win. No one will notice he was in the building all that much, and unless he scores one or two goals, you know you won't hear his name. We do have confirmation. Joe Smith confirmed to me earlier this evening there will not be a video montage. For Jonathan Drouin, <laughs> welcome him back. <laughs> Wait a minute, this is a joke, right? It's a, no, it's not a joke. They're not going to do it. No, but there never, was never a consideration about this. I don't I mean, think they ever. I don't think the question. Joe was the first one to ever ask the question, and was did he actually told, no. ask that question? I think he did. I think he did. They said, "You guys going to do anything?" Uh, no, we're not doing anything. <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but I can confirm that they will not do it. If they do it, I'll eat my hat. So. Oh, my. The video well, montage some... will be one to Mikhail Sergachev. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. which is pretty much on a nightly basis a highlight reel anyway. True. So, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter. If you have any uh, questions for us to ask on uh, future episodes, uh, send, us a, some, uh, send us a tweet at Rick Tom Podcast. You can also uh, check out Rick at NFL Stride. You can check out me at Tom W. Jones. Uh, thanks again to our producer and tonight's co-host, Steve Verstick. Have a great day, everybody. Next time we talk to you, it'll be a football Friday as we get ready for the Bucks final, season, final game of uh, the 2017 season. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 